This is Cole. And this is Ron. We are the creative team. Gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of The Creative Team. <laughs> wow, two weeks in a row, Ronald going with a little bit of creativity in his uh, shout out there. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today? You got to keep the audience guessing. You got to make sure that you're, you're pitching variety. <laughs> You know, you, you, I, we call it in the ring, pal, and uh, I uh, that, I think that's when the magic happens. But I'm doing great. It's been a great week. Uh, I'm always in the best moods when we do these top tens, and you know, there's always a gr- a good feeling in the air. I feel like we're gonna have lots of opinions. Last week was a a special top ten. Uh, we got to talk about the top ten ECW stars of all time, and there was a lot of shocking discussions. There was a lot of revelations, as it were on opinions of uh, said wrestlers, and I'm hoping we get into the same scenario today when we discuss WCW, the top 10 WCW wrestlers of all time. I'm excited. I know you're excited. I'm really excited to see what you have here. Last week, you gave me just an absolutely solid, like, flawless list that was great. Everyone (sighs) made sense. The only real argument I had was, as long as nobody points to the ceiling this week, We'll be okay. <laughs> you know, you know, this is starting to get old, Cole. Like you're, you're insinuating that I don't give you lists. Like you, you, you said, you said real lists last week, and that's really, that's really hurtful. Like you know, I, I, I put in a lot of hours and a lot of effort into the show, and for you to insinuate that I give you non-real lists is just, it's hurtful. And uh, quite frankly, the audience is sick of it. I'm sure. And uh, last week, I thought, you know, we, we matched seven, seven wrestlers. Yes, yes, we did. So I don't know what evidence you could possibly have that I give you anything but solid, fact-drenching, hardcore research lists. Well, you know, we'll see. I just it, it, I'm excited to see um, when we start talking about Mortal Kombat characters in wrestler form this week. So he's cold. uh, (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, so are we ready to get into this list? I would absolutely love to. Who wants to start with number 10? I will start because I never know what you're going to give me. So, my number 10, uh, this the two reasons that this man is on my number 10 for this list. Uh, one being that WCW really and Eric Bischoff deserve a lot of credit um, for bringing us the cruiserweights as real treated as serious you know uh wrestlers that deserve more than five minute matches you know in the middle of cards with a commercial break in the middle of it you know kind of stuff like what the light heavyweight division was in the wwf um you know guys that deserve to have managers and promos and that kind of thing so that's my my number one reason i felt i needed to get my you know top cruiserweight from wcw on the list but also, I snubbed this man on a list that he absolutely should have been on once upon a time. So my number 10 is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Ultimo Dragon. Yes, and he isn't forgotten this time. That's good. That's really good. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm glad you went with a mass wrestler because I went with a mass wrestler as well. My number 10 is a guilty pleasure. You're shaking your head. I don't know why you're shaking your head because I'm telling you, you know, I only give you good shit and you're going to get good shit today. I'm telling you. My number 10. Such good shit. Such good shit, pal. My number 10 is a guilty pleasure of mine. I loved the outfit. I loved the presentation. I always thought it was so funny, his nickname. Uh, Sean, Sean Spears is trying to get it over now, but it's not working. But I'm going with the chairman of WCW. I'm going with La Parka. Solid number 10. I'm glad we were on the same page. Starting off with cruiserweight-type wrestlers, uh, La Parka was a lot of fun. Like he's one of the he's one of the luchadors that that kind of crossed over to me because he had so much personality and he and, and he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, so absolutely a solid start number ten Laparca. Yeah, I had job. the pleasure of wrestling a Laparca at a at a lucha, <laughs> at a lucha show in Las Vegas, and I I to this day I don't know if it was the real one or not. I'm gonna go with not. Uh, yeah, probably not. It's like saying you got married by like by the real Elvis. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, there's still a lot of fan theories that Elvis is still walking the planet to this day, even though he'd be 117 or something like that now. And but, he's dressed know. as the parka. <laughs> That's why we can never find him. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> okay, my number nine. Um, this is one of those guys that's... It's, when you really look at his career and, and the fact that he really didn't get into the business till he was almost 40 years old uh, as an in-ring performer, and he still was able to have such a long and successful career. Um, and for my money, he's one of the only guys that WCW actually made a star on their own because he didn't exist before WCW. And uh, to this day, he's uh, running a great yoga empire now and saving people's lives. So DDP... Diamond Dallas Page, my number nine. Awesome. Amazing. And, you know, my number nine, you know, Diamond Dallas Page, let, let's just talk about it. Like, one of the, like, he's not, he, he transcends wrestling for me. Like, he's a total success story. Like, the things he's done post-wrestling, you know, in, in a lot of ways is way more admirable than what he contributed to wrestling. And he contributed a lot. I loved watching him in WCW, and that's it. Uh but yeah, uh, and he but he was one of the best parts of uh, Ready to Rumble as well. So. Absolutely, he was the main guy. He was really good. Uh, appeared in the Rob Zombie movie. I love Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, I I'm a DDP Yoga signee. I have I have the app on my phone. It's fantastic. We're gonna transition to my number nine. My number nine is another one of those WCW stars that transitioned into becoming a WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, one of the best tag teams in the world. One half of Harlem Heat. I'm talking about Stevie Ray. Suckers gots to know. <laughs> oh, God damn it. You did so well. <laughs> oh, it's so good because you hit me with the Laparca, and I wasn't quite sure how this was going to go because I'm like, all right, Laparca's a legit choice. Like, it's cool. I can see that, you know, wouldn't be on my top 10. But then when you hooked me with the Harlem Heat, like, <laughs> you got me. I was like, okay, Rod's doing serious list and fucking Stevie Ray. <laughs> got you with what? <laughs> Harlem Heat's a Hall of Fame tag team. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, because my number eight, the other half of Harlem Heat, Booker T. <laughs> 
And Booker was um, that your number nine? Number nine was DDP. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Who's number ten? My, my Ultimo. That's right. Ultimo Dragon. God, man, the the revision in my brain is is fried. (laughs) I think it's because of all that Harlem heat. (laughs) Did you bring a little bit of that Harlem heat to the garage after your workout this morning? Oh yes. (laughs) God, oh, oh. The delivery was what what got me. Is just like so set up. Oh, so good. But yeah, so the other half of Harlem Heat, Booker T, is another tag team. You know, we talked about the Dudleys last week and how you know they belong in that conversation for greatest tag teams of all time. I really think Harlem Heat. Um, I'm glad they're in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad they're getting some of the love they they deserve. I would really like to see like one more tag match with them. But who the hell would they wrestle? Like that's my problem. Like. You know, there's a lot of guys out on the indies that I'd love to see uh, a Harlem Heat reunion for. Um, but in WWE, not so much. Um, but yeah, Booker T was great. And, and he's one of the guys that, you know, there was a gigantic glass ceiling at WCW from like 93 through 98. But then when things started going, kind of going awry, um, he, he rode out through the whole time and he became a big star at the end and then went on to become an even bigger star in the WWE. So absolutely. I think Booker T deserves to be on this list. Two time hall of famer. Yes. You're number eight. So my number eight is, is definitely worthy of this list. Uh, he had a very hardcore contribution to one of the best factions in WCW. Uh, you know, went through a number of, uh, went through a number of reinventions uh, very hardcore look, very big dude, and uh, I'm pretty sure most people would hit him with either of his first or last name. I'm talking about Van Hammer. Uh, Van Hammer is probably one of the most underrated technical workers that there ever will be in wrestling. Uh, his contributions to the flock are unmatched, and... <laughs> That is true. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, he brought he brought the mesh top way before Christian even thought of it. <coughs> and uh, yeah, Van Hammer, definitely up for discussion on the top 10 wrestlers for WCW or anywhere, really. Uh, Colt, what's your favorite Van Hammer match? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if I have a favorite Van Hammer match so much as I have a favorite Van Hammer story. Um, one of the things that has been revealed... On one of our other favorite podcasts, The Arn Show, um, Van Hammer walked into WCW in a locker room filled with, you know, these NWA greats, Dusty Rhodes and, and you know, uh, Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen and and walks in and, and <laughs> right in front of Stunning Steve and, and Arn Anderson and all these guys who are really, you know, busting their asses and doing a great job and, and being, you know, you know, drawing money and, and having good matches. He walks right up to these guys like, Hey, I'm Van Hammer. I'm here to save the company. <laughs> what a douche, this guy. <laughs> yeah. And he can tell the future. Oh, I like that. You had to get your one liner in there about someone wanting to hit him with a van or a hammer. That is fantastic stuff. And uh, it, it's kind of a good segue to my number eight or number seven, sorry, we're on my number seven now. Arn Anderson, who gave us that wonderful story about Van Hammer. 
Uh, I, you know, Arn Anderson, of course, he had the injuries and his career was cut a little bit short, um, but he was such a big part of WCW with the, the horsemen and all that. So, um, and I mean, really, just frankly, Arn Anderson's one of the just best all around performers in the history of professional wrestling. I still to this day, right now in AEW, you can see Arn Anderson, the way he sells and bumps, you know, he's a little fatter and, and every once in a while there's a little hiccup. Sometimes he looks like a, a turtle that got put on its shell. Um, but, you know, he gets up and he keeps going and he sells better than 95% of the roster. So my number seven, Arn Anderson. Fantastic. Yeah, Arn Anderson, you know, you talk about, you know, every, everyone's on the Eddie Kingston train right now. But, you know, you talk about believability and realism. You know, that was Arn Anderson in the day. And, uh, you know, uh, he is... Uh, he is one of my favorites for sure, but you know we're transitioning to my number seven, and it, you know it's going to be hard to come by. It's going to be hard to top this number seven because you know he's certainly good company with Arn Anderson, but you know a close number two to Arn Anderson, well, number seven really. You know since we're ranking, I mean he's definitely a number two, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I mean he is the shit for sure. <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean Arn Anderson is what it is. Tag team championships. Uh, managing four horsemen, yep, all te television champion, all that yeah, stuff, all the accolades. But was he the only business worthy hardcore champion WCW ever had? Uh. Was he the man who is responsible for most of the knowledge being passed down to the younger talent today? Does he possess the wiggle? Oh, God damn it. I am going with number seven, Norman Smiley. Now, no one can really argue the contributions Mr. Norman Smiley has to the industry. No, no, no. You can even ask your sister, Candice LeRae, about Norman Smiley, and I'm sure she would have glowing reviews about the man with the wiggle. But today, we're talking about his contributions to the wrestling business in WCW. We're talking about the top 10 WCW performers in history. We got to talk about the best hardcore champion in the world, Norman Smiley. Oh, I'm not even that mad at Norman Smiley making this list because it's fun to talk about this guy. Super entertaining, like charisma out the ass. Um, very technically sound, wonderful worker. I got no problem with Norm Smiley. Good, good, good pull. Good Nobody pull. does. Nobody has a problem with Norman. No, not at all. Not at all. But that brings me to my number six, and this is where <clears throat> I couldn't separate one without the other. I think one, I mean, arguably one of these guys is a much bigger star than the other. Um, you know, one of these guys went on to be a singles champion, frankly, and so good for him. But uh, I'm going with the tag team entity, the Steiner Brothers, as my number six WCW Ooh. superstar. Ooh, awesome. Yeah, that is that is sort of topical. We went from Norman Smiley to uh someone who's training the next generation Steiner. You know? Yes, sir. He he's he is training the next generation Steiner and it's uh and it's coming through nicely on Yeah, TV. it's going well, I gotta say. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know, we're gonna bring it right down to my number six. And you wanna talk about realism. We've already touched on it with Arn. We even got the little the the little smidge of Eddie Kingston in there. But this was during a time where WCW was reaching out for realism. And the very first thing they reached out for to embrace realism was 
an ace. It was the absolute best decision they could ever do. It's one of those first-time decisions that really deserves all the praise in the world because if you're going to go out there and, you know, try to get as real as you can get, what better way than to snatch up Tank Abbott? So... Hey, realism, absolutely. Go ahead. Absolutely. Tank Abbott was a killer. Had one of the best matches you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> and I oh, know the, we, I know you know match? what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, the winner of that match was balance and gravity. Um, uh, Tank Abbott, you know, what What else can you say? Just like, you know, I think he's on top of the world today. Is he still wrestling? Yeah, yeah, he's still all over the place, I'm sure. Yeah, all over the place. Well, bless his heart. Tank Abbott, a conversation in any top ten, anywhere, about anything. Uh, definitely a conversation for a top ten. Uh, maybe top ten most embarrassing moments. In wrestling history, maybe top ten most what the fuck moments in history. Because not only who was he wrestling in that match, I, I cannot remember off the top of my head. I don't know. The star power was way too I, vast. I just to care. know. I just know it was like a, a something on a pole match, and um, I think it was a knife. Well, there was a knife involved. The knife was not hanging on the pole, was it? All I, don't I know. know, all I know, is that someone. I was hanging shit. off the edge of my seat for sure. <laughs> yes, it's definitely worth seeing. Go, go watch the Tank Abbott something on a pole match, uh, where <clears throat> there <sighs> somebody ate shit really hard trying to balance up on that pole, fell to the floor like a sack of shit, and then after Tank Abbott wins the match, he holds a knife to this guy's throat, and uh, it was really uncomfortable. Uh, it was great uh, that Tony Schiavone was like, ah, I think he's got a spoon or something, guys. I don't know. <laughs> it was all bad all the time. Fuck. I can't believe Number we're six. talking about Tank Abbott. Number six. On a fucking top ten list show. Ugh. Well, speaking of realism and believability, um, <clears throat> my number five was one of the stars of the you know, kind of the down period of professional wrestling, if we're being honest, you know, the 92, 93, 94, you know, the business was a little bit in shambles. We had the whole steroid scandal and all that stuff. Um, but one of the emerging stars from WCW in that time is a guy that we love. In fact, a man that won our greatest big, our greatest big man bracket of all time. Go back into our archives, ladies and gentlemen, and hear us just, just fillet, really, verbally, the man, the myth, the legend, Big Van Vader. Oh, yes. Very well regarded as like one of our top, tippy top favorites. Uh, Vader is, you know, a, a lot like, it's like how we describe Mike Awesome, but, you know, just a little more impressive because he has no like redeemable, you know, visual look to even suggest that he can do the things he can do. Oh, yeah. like, at least Mike Awesome looked athletic and just giant, but he was like just this powerful fat guy with that, that yeah. was solid, but he could still like fly and he can still move. And like, he didn't, he didn't really get, you didn't really get the idea that he can blow up until much later, but yeah. well, I mean, yeah, legitimately w a professional, you know, offensive lineman in, in football, like a legitimate professional athlete. Um, and he looks exactly what you expect when you say oh yeah this guy's an offensive lineman played professionally you expect this dude to be solid 400 pounds 
And that's what Vader was. And when he's going up doing backflips and crazy shit, you're going, what the hell is happening here? Uh, yeah, I, we love Vader here on, on the Creative Team pod. And that's why he is my number five. Fantastic. And yeah, Vader, a number five on any list, even if we're talking about like, like the greatest of all time, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he definitely in the in the talks for a top ten list. Absolutely, and you can't get more intense than Vader, or could you? And I'll try. My number five. My number five is one of the most intense individuals you'll ever see, and he's so intense that he barely wrestled ever. And if you're gonna go by intensity and star power, all signs literally point to Lodi. Lodi is the mascot of said flock and he um without him van hammer wouldn't reach the heights that he would uh we definitely wouldn't be able to read as many great signs in the wrestling business especially in wcw like he had way better signs than any uh fan he had better signs than the sign guy that you brought up sign guy dudley this guy actually made the list only holding signs behind the flock we're going with Lodi, one of my favorite characters to use on WCW Revenge. He just had such a sweet moveset that you never saw in real life because he never wrestled. <laughs> but those signs were legendary. So legendary, right in the middle of the top 10 wrestlers in WCW history. Congratulations, Lodi. Uh, <clears throat> so he's making this list best based on being awesome in a video game. Awesome. I'm good with this. Sure. Lodi. All right. Oh, way too many flock members here on your list. <laughs> would, would you say it's too, too many? <laughs> At least. <laughs> Maybe I should rethink Scotty Riggs as my number one. Oh. Maybe Sick oh. Boy? Sick Boy would be fun. Yeah, Ron Reese. We would talk about Perry Saturn before he got all moppy. Oh, Perry was in there? Yeah, well, you know what? Him and Raven feuded over something along those lines. <clears throat> no, he was in that. there. I was just, he was in yeah. there. I'm just being coy. I'm just, yeah. I think he was trying to escape, and that's one of the few things I check. You know, I was I did check in on WCW sporadically, and I just remember that being one of the things. Um, and also, who can forget? Who can forget the start, the entry level of the most oxymoronic last name you'll ever hear, Kidman. <laughs> Oh, oh yes, Kidman. I don't does does anyone like Billy Kidman? Like even the people that could possibly like him gotta just hate him because you look at him and you look at Tori Wilson and you look at Kidman again. Just fuck that guy, right? Yeah, he's got David Flair heat for me. <laughs> oh. Alright. My number four. Um This is where things got tough because my number four is Really, the biggest star that was created because of WCW's existence. The rest of my list are kind of guys that were stars maybe before and definitely after. But, um, yeah, so my number four, the streak, Mr. Bill Goldberg. Uh, you yes. know, another guy, You know, real, I, for me, I think the whole thing worked. It's not just because Goldberg dominated everyone. It's that he was just believable. He was the real deal. Another guy, professional football player played in the NFL for the Falcons and he just looks like Bill Goldberg might be like the stereotypical guy like if you are going to your create a wrestler in your wrestling video game like Goldberg's just what would like just shit out 
you know, to start with, that's like the the just like the blueprint of a professional wrestler would look like Bill Goldberg. And then it worked. Like, you know, the streak worked. They got really hot with it. You know, he was believable. He did a couple things really well. You know, every once in a while he kicks somebody's head off, you know, and that that sucks, but yeah, I mean, he became a big star and here we are what, 20 years after WCW died and he's still doing numbers and drawing pay-per-view buys for the company. So Yeah, he might actually be involved with the mat- with a match that we're actually been predicting for the past half a year and just hoping for. You know, we're on the road to that match possibly happening at WrestleMania and I'm of course talking about Big E versus Goldberg. The table's set. I just hope they pulled the trigger and it would be fantastic. Goldberg is one of those guys that, you know, he's the football player that came in and, like, you know, he's the definition of playing to the strengths. They just went out there and took him and just played the hits. Do what you're good at and only do that. And then they did it at nauseum and it worked. It didn't get old. It didn't get stale. They dropped the ball with it when they decided to pivot, but it just it added to his mystique. You know, he was never put in a position to to shit the bed. Well, I mean, in, in the early stages during getting him over. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I bought in. I was a Goldberg fan when I was a, when I was younger, and you know when you have a, a star of that caliber, it's only fitting that we transition to my number four, and my number four, uh, it just screams WCW. Like that one could argue, probably is accurate. Yes, and it's just. <laughs> Like, love him or hate him, he's on every show, and there's a reason for it. Moments on top of moments, and still relevant to this day. You could put him in your ear holes on podcasts all over the world. And I'm talking about none other than Disco Inferno. I mean, come on now. (laughs) Come on. When you change the channel to Monday Nitro, and you don't see that Disco dancing, Glenn Gilberti, Saturday Night Fever song, and he's coming out and doing... He just he played it to a T. You talk about commitment to a character. Disco Inferno is right up there with the best as far as commitment. You have got to appreciate the artistry that is Disco Inferno. He's the first time I ever saw a Stone Cold Stunner. The Chart Buster, baby. The Chart Buster was the first Stone Cold Stunner, and I'll fight everyone to the death. <laughs> uh you know what? I, I actually do appreciate the uh, uh, the artistry of Disco Inferno. I got to say, I think Glenn Gilberti is one of those guys that gets a lot of undue heat for, for I mean, people act like he was the worst. And he wasn't. He wasn't at all. He was fine. Like, he was a decent worker. He was okay. But, I mean, he's just a fucking fantastic heel. Like, I really have no problem with Disco Inferno being on this list other than it's supposed to be a top ten list. I mean, I'm glad we're talking about him because I think he's good. He's just one of he's one of those guys that might be more over now that he's not wrestling than he was when he was wrestling, just because he's got the gift of gab. He's a great talker. I really think he's a guy that could have got more more heat. Like, yeah, he's basically the honky talk man. Let's not like act like he's great. You know, he's not this like fantastic worker or anything. But like he could have got to a Jeff Jarrett level of heat and, and been in like, you know, doing upper mid card jobs and, and and maybe even had a title shot every now and then if you wanted to pad a uh, a top baby faces record so yeah. i mean he had a jeff jarrett career you know he you know job to a woman you know only relevant on podcasts now um <laughs> what else you know uh his gimmick was drenched in a genre of music um yeah, yeah. jeff jarrett disco inferno doppelgangers <laughs> well. 
parallel careers. I, for one, think Jeff Jarrett's a lot better worker. The same <laughs> person. It's not Jeffrey Inferno. <laughs> Disco Jarrett. Okay. My number three was probably the toughest decision I had to make. Um, same. Jesus. Because, <laughs> because I, I think when you really... You know, now that it's all done and you're going to take everyone's entire run and career into account, this man may be the greatest professional wrestler of all the times, but um, most of his top run happened before WCW really was a thing in the NWA. <clears throat> and uh, while he was like the main staple of WCW, um, I just don't think he elevated WCW to the level as my top two guys. So right here where I fit him in, I fit in the nature boy, Ric Flair, number three on my list of top 10 WCW superstars of all the times. Oh yes. Yes. Ric Flair. You know, how can you not talk about WCW without Ric Flair? You know, I, 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 for one, like I will go out of my way to watch compilations of Ric Flair promos from WCW because oh, yeah. they're so damn entertaining, especially during the Monday night wars. Uh, the the classic one where he's stripping down with with uh, Mean Gene there, and uh, talking about how he's not broke. You know, you can you can have this money, you can have these alligator shoes. Uh Ric Flair was such a character. Like I didn't appreciate the the wrestler of him when I was younger because I just thought he was just the old guy that can beat people's asses. But he was just super crazy when he ever had whenever he had interviews. That's all he was to me. And then he was obviously someone you go back and watch. You know, when you're someone our age. But yeah. number three on my list, certainly good company. If we're talking about Ric Flair, then we're definitely talking about this guy. He's in definitely he's definitely in close proximity as far as greatness goes. And we're gonna keep the dancing theme going. I'm talking about Alex Wright. Alex Wright came out with that leather jacket and probably the best wrestler to ever don a leather jacket. Uh and wow. yes, oh, wow, that that was that was I was shooting <laughs> I was shooting sharply there. So um, <laughs> that sounds like one of those you wanted to just say and you didn't really think about it beforehand. Then you like remembered Bret Hart existed as yeah. you were saying that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of fell out. I was like, ooh, Bret Hart insult and T minus. But yeah, Alex Wright coming out with that classic moonsault into the ring on his feet. That was the most athletic thing I've ever seen in my life, ever, even to this day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Alex Wright, another fun guy to use on uh, on uh, WCW Revenge. I'm going to play that after this after this uh, show's done. <laughs> but well, how can you have a list and not talk about the two dancers back-to-back, -back, disco and then whatever the hell Alex was dancing to? And uh, yeah. Number three, solid, solid number three, Alex Wright. Might even talk about Berlin a little bit. <laughs> well, um, I'm a fan of Alex Wright. I thought he was a, I thought he was a hell of a worker. He's just one of those guys that really just kind of got lost in the shuffle at WCW because <laughs> the shuffle. That's that's a good one. <laughs> Dance puns. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love being accidentally funny? <laughs> so, yeah. oh, 
So uh, yeah, Alex Wright was just kind of an undersized guy. He, he you know he was bigger than most of the cruiserweights, but a lot smaller than you know the mega heavyweights that that the early '90s really brought us. And so he just there just really wasn't a place for him. But he was athletic as hell. I thought he was a good worker. I thought he had a lot of personality. You know, he had the dancing and, and he looked great. Obviously, that's why they made him a dick dancer. You know, good for him. But um, yeah, he's one of those guys that was just kind of like ten years too early. I think if he came up in the late 90s, early 2000s, he would have been a star. He would have been a champion, you know, not just like a cruiserweight champion or, or thrown in with the tag team. You know, he, he, he's a guy that really probably just was a little bit too early um, and just missed his window a little bit. But uh, yeah, I like Alex Wright. I, I don't have too much heat. Plus, if we didn't have Alex Wright, we wouldn't have the greatest DDT of all the fucking times. Go out of your way to find Arn Anderson DDTing Alexander Wright on the YouTubes, guys. You will not be sorry. I promise you, you will laugh for hours and rewind it at least 17 times. Four hours. <laughs> oh, speaking of old jokes. <laughs> All right. So my final two, it was really kind of these two and then Flair and then everyone else. But... um. This was really kind of a toss-up. Um, WCW was on its was really kind of dying. It was circling the toilet bowl. They were losing money, you know, year after year. And then they went out and they signed this guy. And it did not fix a goddamn thing. They kept losing money. It was not going well. And he was the biggest star in the business. But then something magical happened when Hulk Hogan turned heel and became Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Uh, the wrestling world just lit. It caught fire and took off and gave birth to what we now know as the Monday Night Wars and led to three years of just pure insanity in professional wrestling. And uh, I, I don't think WCW would even be a footnote, really, at this point, if it weren't for Hollywood Hogan. But uh, so that's why he made my list. You know, he wasn't there for the longest. He, you know, he, he wasn't there the whole WCW run. But I mean, he was the most important player, I think, for making it, making, creating the success that was WCW during the Monday Night Wars. And, and Nitro would not have been a, at all. I mean, it wouldn't have existed. They wouldn't even have tried it if it weren't for Hollywood Hulk Hogan. So my number two WCW superstar of all time, Hulk Hogan. That's great and well deserved, and it's and and it actually tickled me that uh, you began that pitch with speaking of old jokes. Um, <laughs> it's actually fitting, but no, no, Hollywood Hulk Hogan is the reason that that company had that major pivot. You know, the NWO was what it was, but if Hulk Hogan hadn't turned heel and that third man was Sting. I don't see the same thing happening, unfortunately. In my opinion, I don't think the coolness factor would have been there. I don't think the shock would have been there. I don't think the outrage would have been there. And, and uh, it wouldn't have been mainstream. I don't think no. it would have crossed over into the mainstream either. So, I'm yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I yeah, mean, no. I, I, don't, I don't think we can. I mean, the, the funny thing is, realistically, you know, we all, we, everyone wants to have these debates all the time about the, you know, who's the greatest of all time. But when you really think about it, the two biggest booms in professional wrestling history are because of Hulk Hogan. You know, first there was Hulkamania. And then once that started dying off, he went over to WCW and then he turned and started the NWO. 
and that was really the boom of the big attitude era so i mean yeah wwf kept up and austin happened and that that you know helped them keep up with wcw but if if without hogan i see i don't even know if wwf would have taken off so much without the nwo without the competition i mean if if wcw would have just floundered out and died in like 98 97 you know if it had just kept going i don't i don't know that austin would have been such a big deal i just don't know yeah who knows who knows at all but what is a big deal is my number two and my number two you know uh legend has it that just right before hogan said yes this was the guy that was going to be the guy that turned on WCW and joined the NWO. And this guy was a major player in the division that hooked most of the newer fans. And he took the division by storm and he made it relevant. And he had a place on every TV show and traveled headfirst into the hearts of many. Your favorite and mine, Prince Iakea. So, <laughs> Cole, I know you've been waiting for me to bring up the Prince, could you please inform the audience who this man is and his contributions to the business and what your favorite moment slash match was from Prince Iakea? Um, boy, I'm trying to, I like, I, I have no, I, here's the thing. I've watched a lot of Prince Iakea matches. Okay. I, I can't say that I, I, I haven't, but I'd be hard pressed to remember one goddamn match he ever had. Um, and and I'm I'm struggling to figure out what contributions he had other than being like a mid card jobber. Like, <laughs> so you don't remember the match he had on the show, um, the time slot? It was, a, <laughs> it was a it was a Thunder Nitro. Sure. Um, <laughs> and a pay per view here and there, and buy rates up the yeah. ass. Yeah, yeah. I, does anyone remember Prince I can? <laughs> Besides, is he alive? <laughs> I think so. I haven't heard that he passed away, so I don't know. But would we hear though? I don't. I don't think we're gonna see him. His face on the Titantron. Rest in peace, Prince. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not. I'm not smelling a ten bell salute for that. Uh, one. <laughs> I like that you put him over, and you put him on your list, and then immediately they're like, Dude, "No one's even gonna care when this guy dies." <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm talking about as a person. His contributions to the business are unmatched. Yeah. We're so in awe of his body of work, we can't remember what he did. <laughs> it was just a blur of greatness. Let's just I say mean, that. You know, someone's got to be like that first real opponent for guys that come in after they beat all the jobbers, like you know the, 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 the you know the local talents. <laughs> yeah, if we had to make a person on your perception of my top ten list, it'd probably be Pitsayakea. <laughs> That's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, it it's a wrestler. Uh, it's a it's list. De it's definitely one of the one of the people that I had kind of predicted would be on your list. Uh, I gotta say, um, Alex Wright was definitely one that I thought would make the cut. Um, and Prince Ikea is another one that I was like, yeah, they're probably gonna end up on Ron's list this week because you know, fuck me, that's why. Oh, <laughs> you you think this is about you? This is about the people. The people. <laughs> The people have spoken, and they want to hear about Alex Wright. <laughs> they want to hear about Lodi. Uh, they want to hear about Tank Abbott. Oh. Well, I'm just... I, I'll i wait till your list is done, because I don't want to spoil anything if they're on your list. But I have a few... You know, well, I only I got one left. Sure. Yeah, I had a few that I thought for sure would make your list. So so we'll we'll go over those. 
um, once once we're done. Uh, but I guess I'll go first on our, on number one. Why not? Um, I mean, anyone who's paying attention knows there's really only one WCW name left. Um, and there's just, for me, there's no argument that the biggest star in the history of WCW um, throughout its entirety, maybe not at any one given point, but throughout its entirety, the biggest star in WCW history, the guy who's synonymous with WCW is the man they call Sting. I love Sting. I think he's still great. I love that he's doing the no-sell gimmick right now. Like, it's like his 60-year-old man gets powerbombed in the middle of the fucking ring and just pops right back up, and then hits the Scorpion Death Drop and fuck everybody else. It's so entertaining. I loved his little, you know, run-in with Orange Cassidy recently. That was just fun. I don't care. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for me... It was always Sting. Sting was there from from the very start of WCW, and he was there to the very end. Um, I think one of the first WCW pay-per-views, once it wasn't NWA anymore, was Sting and Flair. The very last match was Sting and Flair. So I, I it, for me, it's an easy number one is Sting. That's fantastic. And yeah, the man's going hard to this day. And... Yeah, I'm a, I, I have guilty pleasures with his, with his stuff with Orange Cassidy. I like watching him do the no-sell stuff because he's he's a guy that's not going to go out there and have that five-star classic, but he'll damn sure give you a moment. And his moments, you know, to this day are still hard to beat. Fantastic addition to this list. I'm shocked he's uh, I'm shocked he's number 1. Uh I would have uh, I would have definitely gone Hogan for sure. But Well, uh, I mean, you have a list. You could have made your own number 1. I know, but I would have gone Hogan had I not tried. But I really <laughs> dug in. I really dug into the the cream of the crop and the people that you know held this company on their backs and to let all the you know the pretty faces you know prevail. You know, and boy, boy, how generous is this guy, my number one, to really just take a step back and just let everyone you know kind of get their ratings because if they would have just let this guy loose. He would have changed the game. There would have been no buyout. WWE would still be here. WWE would be an afterthought. WWE wouldn't be a thing because we wouldn't even get to the name change. That's how pivotal, pivotal this gentleman was. And he is a running theme on this show previously. And what other person could I bring up if we're talking about WCW and the world is my oyster then? Glacier, number one on the list of lists. WCW, he's cold. He's pissed. He's cold. He's going to come out and he's going to fake martial arts his way into the skyscrapers of greatness. Because what's higher than a skyscraper? Probably me coming up with this list. He's cold. He's cold. He's calculated. He's Glacier. So what do you think? Solid number one on the on the final list? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's good. It's as good as any of your other lists. Oh. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, he's he's it's a running cameo that he appears on my list. It just speaks to the greatness. <laughs> Is he just gonna be number one on your list regardless now? I mean you can you can Glacier. make up any you can make up any list. Top ten 
top 10 entrances, top 10 gears, uh, top 10 mask wrestlers. He could have been on that too, you know, and he didn't even wear a mask when he wrestled. He just wore oh. one to the ring. Oh, glacier. What else can we, what else can we do? But top 10 runs when we have the greatest of all time bracket, he's going to be one of the 64. Oh, good luck with that. Yes. <laughs> Put him in there with Terry Funk and get that shit over with immediately. <laughs> Yeah, just like when I put Mabel with fucking Bruiser Brody. <laughs> He's a king. <laughs> oh, okay. See, that's what you need with me. You need you need really drastic temperatures or royalty. Oh, I gotta say, I gotta say, you did swerve me a little bit because I I was positive that we were gonna get a Shockmaster reference at some point, and we didn't. Absolutely. Now nah, he's shocked. on the debuts. He he was on my debuts. Yeah. You know, he, he can't yeah. He 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 had his place, but Glacier And because Glacier has a spot anywhere. And because it's us, I I I feel remiss if we don't take a minute to talk about dicks and huge erection. We need we need oh, that. We, yes. Oh, I figured that uh, you know, general huge erection would make the list today <laughs> yeah i mean gi bro was very close but you know i had i had to give the nod to his brother uh and i and i'm a little disappointed that we did not have another 30 minute conversation about ralphus today <laughs> oh the, you mean the reason aew exists <laughs> oh shit crimp <laughs> oh yes Yes, when the material, when the when the podcast material hurts. <laughs> oh, when it hurts inside. <laughs> yes, and it comes crashing down. That's not the right order, but oh. Glacier, solid number one. Oh. oh, god damn! So, do you have any honorable mentions you'd like to go over? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, first of all, we got Lex Luger. Uh, we got the Macho Man Randy Savage. We got Scott Norton, Buff Bagwell, Wrath. Wrath was like, it was the one that was arguing with myself. I was like, man, we got to get Wrath in there at number one. But Glacier, you know, Wrath had all the tools, but did he have the entrance? Did he hook the audience with, (laughs) did he hook hook the audience with fucking snow and lasers and martial arts? No, no. He came in. Everyone couldn't get the stink off of him when he was throwing wiffle balls in, in WWF as Adam Bomb. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you just you just don't have a chance when you're on the same roster as Glacier. Oh, yeah. More, much more Glacier. So, okay, so Luger and Savage are your real honorable mentions. Good. Uh, Scott I had Norton. A few, yeah, Luger. I, I like Scott Norton. Scott Norton's cool, too. I, you know, Scotty Riggs. One of, one of those guys that never did. I, I just never got hooked on Norton. Like, which is weird because he's the kind of guy we like, honestly. Like, he's legitimate. He's a badass. He suplexes people. He's fucking strong style. Like, there's nothing about Scott Norton to not like. It just, it just, I just never got into it. Like, it, it just never worked for me. So, let's not good. forget, let's not forget the guy that fucked Hulk Hogan, the Yeti. <laughs> oh, okay. So, some of my honorable mentions, you know, when I was kicking around the, uh, the cruiserweights, the other one, um, who may, uh, may if I revisited it, this one was a really tough one for me. But Dean Malenko, um, there with it was him or Ultimo that was making this list, and I went with Ultimo to make up for a past wrong. Um, Ron Simmons, uh, would have been would you know a good honorable mention. Uh, the great Muda, 
who was in the main event of my first pay-per-view, WCW pay-per-view I ever saw. It was great. Um, a guy, just because I want to talk about him, Bobby Eaton is another guy that was right there with Sting that was there from the very beginning all the way till the very end. Um, I know he never really <clears throat> reached the levels of fame of anyone else, but he was just like, like Bobby Eaton was that one guy that nobody wanted to let be a free agent. Like they just never wanted to let him go because they were worried if Vince got Bobby Eaton, he'd turn him into the next Shawn Michaels. And so they just kept him there doing jobs and being on the undercard, like, you know, a bunch of assholes. So, and then uh, of course you could, you could throw, you know, Terry Funk and Dusty Rhodes on the list, but like they were there for mostly just kind of cameos. I know Dusty was there for the most part for WCW, but as a commentator, um, Hall and Nash, obviously people we could have talked about, they were originally on my list. And then I was just kind of like, eh, you know, there's other guys I, I associate more with WCW, even though like their best run really was in WCW is better than their WWF runs. But, um, <clears throat> and of course, uh, Sir, Sir Steven Regal, better known as William Regal these days. Um, and someone I've talked about just dozens of times on the podcast Paul Orndorff was one of my reasons that I watched WCW on a regular basis, uh, a television champion. Uh, he, he was kind of at the end of his run there, but I think he did a lot for WCW, got a lot of guys over, made him look good. And you just got to mention Kevin Sullivan, you know, because why not? You know, Dungeon of Doom, all that stuff. He was the, the booker behind most of their heat angles. He was the one who really made the NWO cook, so... We should at least give him an honorable mention here as a, a valuable member of the WCW roster. Lash LaRue. All right, there we go. So that's it. We'll make it official. The official creative team top 10 WCW superstars of all the times. All Never right. Well, I mean, do, do you want to revisit some of my guys? I mean, come on. I mean, I got, a, I got strong cases for at least eight of these. I mean... <clears throat> Here's what I'd like to do. In, instead of my number eight being Booker T, I'd like to just go ahead and say that we go ahead and make it Harlem Heat, the package of Stevie Ray and Booker T. I, I'd like to make that concession um, because I, I really feel like that tag team is just on another level than most tag teams. I, the matches they had with the Steiners and even the Nasty Boys, who are not necessarily the greatest you know, classically trained wrestlers of all time, had some real barn burners with Harlem Heat, so I'd be willing to concede that if you're okay with it. Hey, I'm, it's more than I thought I was going to get. <laughs> it sounds right. good to me. Well, hey, let's uh, let's uh, let's backtrack it to how we did this last week. So I'm just going to fire off numbers. You tell me the name. Number ten, Ultimo Dragon. Number nine, Diamond Dallas Page. Eight, Harlem Heat. Seven. Arn Anderson. And number six? The Steiner Brothers. Number five. Big Van Vader. Four! Bill Goldberg. Number three. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Two! Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Number one. It's, Glacier. It's Steve! Close enough. <laughs> oh, all right ladies and gentlemen well that's gonna do it from our second top 10 list in a row thank you guys for being here with us and we will be we will be back next week 
would they take it up with creative? Uh, we'll figure that out in the meantime. But, we uh, figured it out. It's going to be Sting in the <laughs> WWE. Oh, yes, it is. Look at that with the foreshadowing. You're awesome. So for Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you. We love you. And bye. Moi. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron for your life. Number four, we'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.